Blog Talk Radio. Please stay tuned for Brandon's Buzz. I'm Joan Van Ark, and the buzz is hot. This is Gloria Loring, and I've just been buzzed by Brandon, and I gave Brandon some buzz. This is Maya Bialik, and you are lucky enough to be listening to Brandon's Buzz. Hi, this is Gordon Thompson speaking. And I want to tell you that I have appeared on Brandon's Buzz, and I had a great time. And I think you will too, so please log on and have a listen. Hey guys, and welcome back to Brandon's Buzz. It's Thursday night, February 19th, 2009, and I have a really great guest on the phone that I can't wait to dig into and, and talk all about her fabulous career. I want to give you a few program notes before we get started. Next Tuesday afternoon, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, I've got the fabulous Emmy-winning star Beth Maitland. She's an actress on The Young and the Restless. She's been on there for, good Lord, 25 years or better. And uh, she's coming on the show to talk about her stint on the show, her time away from the show. She's, she's starting up a new, a new uh, 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 acting school project now with a friend of hers, Joel Brooks. So she's going to talk all about that. I'm trying to get Nia Peoples for next week, so stay tuned for that. I'm also working on a One Tree Hill exclusive, so stay tuned for that. That's all next week. The week after next, I've got a fabulous singer-songwriter from the Austin area named Anna Eggie. She'll be on Monday, March 3rd. And I've got a terrific singer from the 90s named Claire Massey. She was the lead singer of a band called Tammy Show, and she'll be on March 5th. And uh, you can go to www.blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz. That's this show's website, and you can get a full calendar of who's coming up. And you can also see who's been on the show. You can listen to old shows. You can download old shows. And you can email me. You can leave comments. And please do. I want to hear from everybody. I want to hear from all the fans of the show what you like, what you don't like, what I could be doing better, what you'd like to see on the show. Uh, you can also download old shows as podcasts from the iTunes Music Store. Type in Brandon's Buzz in the iTunes search box. My podcasts will pop up, and you can subscribe to old pod- You can subscribe to all podcasts, or you can download individual episodes. And uh, it's it's quite exciting to be on iTunes with everybody else. It's it's quite a thrill. It's the greatest record store in the history of the world, and I'm thrilled to have my little silly show on it. Uh, So that's all coming up. Tonight, I have a fantastic guest. And you know what? As thrilling comeback stories go, hers was one for the time capsule. A star in the 60s working alongside contemporaries like Benny King, Jojo Benson, and Aretha. She toured the world. She earned Grammy nominations. And she uh, she, uh, uh, won the hard-earned respect of her peers. Things slowed down for her musically as the 70s turned into the 80s. But a chance invitation from no less than the legendary Ray Charles proved too tempting to resist, and she found herself lured back into the studio where she always belonged. And then in 1996 came the opportunity of a lifetime. Her old friend Jimmy Lewis had come across a tune, and he could only hear one voice singing it, hers. The track, a love gone wrong song, but one with an entirely novel twist. As the Washington Post put it, there are cheating songs, and then there are cheating songs, was called simply Bill. And even though in lesser hands it would have been nothing more than a cute, mindless novelty song, in her masterful hands it became a searing, soul-burning, epic triumph. And it did nothing short of put her long-forgotten name on the lips of everybody in this country. 
She has recently returned to her roots as a gospel singer after an extraordinary run of contemporary R&B, Heavy on the B, recordings, and she's come by the buzz tonight to discuss her life and her extraordinary career. What a great thrill and a great, great honor to welcome to my program this evening the incredible Peggy Scott Adams. Hi, Brandon. Thanks How are everybody. you doing? What am I doing? <laughs> How are you doing? How am I doing? What am I doing? I am doing wonderful. <laughs> wonderful, sweetheart. It is such a thrill to have you on my show. I've, like I said, I've been a big fan for a long, long time, and this is really a great honor for me. Hey, the honor is all mine, believe me. <laughs> okay, so what are you doing? What am I doing? I'm talking to the wonderful Brandon, Brandon's buzz. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. So give me, give me the 60-second bio on Peggy Scott. Where were you born? Where were you raised? Let's get all the boring stuff out of the way. Okay, you're absolutely correct in, in your uh, analysis of it being boring, but here we go. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I was born in Alabama. Okay. Uh, my mom migrated to Florida, Pensacola, uh, okay. when I was four years old. I attended school in, in the uh, Pensacola, Florida area, graduated uh, in 1966, and uh, immediately began my musical career by going on the road with Benny King. I was working, uh, Brandon, as a club singer. Uh, at 14 years old, I was singing in clubs. Wow. and. uh had the opportunity to work with some major R&B stars that would come and perform at this particular club where I was working. And even at 14, they were trying to take me on the road, but my mom was pretty persistent about me <laughs> uh, finishing school, at least high school, you know. Wow. And uh, Benny King uh, happened to be the act that was there at the time when I had just graduated, and Mom says, it's okay to go. You know, I'll let you go. So, uh that's Did she distrust him, or, or was she a fan of his, or what? What was the yes, what was the impetus? I, I was, I was, but what it was is that, like I said, I was the female vocalist for the house band uh, at that particular time, and we would always perform with a lot of the greats: uh, Tina Turner, Sam and Dave, Chuck oh Jackson, Benny King, and the list goes Joe, the late Joe Tex, and the list goes on and on. And I was this little old 14, 15-year-old girl that everybody thought had this tremendous strong voice and would love to have have me to uh, go on the road with them, you know, and take me into the studio and record. But as I said before, Mom was pretty persistent about the school thing, so I uh, she wouldn't she wouldn't let me go. <laughs> I got you. So you finished school? Yes, yes. Excellent, yes. excellent. Yes, yes, had to. I had no choice. <laughs> so. And it was, so funny because when I did after graduation and uh, she says, okay, I would love for you to go ahead on and pursue your education, but if music is what you want to do, then I, I won't, you know, hold you back. And like I said, Benny was the guy that came along at the time. And I was to meet him after she had given me permission to go. I was to meet him to next, the next day in Mobile, Alabama, joined up with the band and, uh, and began touring with them. And, uh, on our way to Mobile, I was just so sure that my mom was driving five miles an hour so that I would miss them. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just furious, and I'm just crying, and, and I mean, just going on and on. And I get to the hotel where I was supposed to have met uh, Benny and the, and the band, and they're not there. And I panic, and I'm just going, and you did this intentionally. How could you do this to me? <laughs> 
And this young man came up to the car and asked me if my name was Peggy. And, I, of course, I said yes, and it through the tears. And he says, well, I have a message for you. Uh, Mr. King wants you to come and meet them at the club. They're rehearsing, you know, and what have you. And that man that came up and told me that was the great blues, legendary blues singer, Mr. Bobby Blue Bland. And so... Uh, that was the the beginning of of, of my touring and, and being out on the road, Brandon. Wow. Did did you always know that you could sing? Did you always did you always know that you had the talent for this? Yes, I, you know, I yes I did. I've been singing ever since I was knee high to a duck. I started out in the church, you know, when I was like four years old singing, and they used to take me and put me on this little wooden table, and I would sing gospel and was told that I sang it with the conviction of a uh, much, much older person. <laughs> but uh, I never really pursued uh, a music career, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. When I daydreamed as a kid, Brandon, I always daydreamed of being a school teacher. That's, that was my aspiration, to teach school. Okay. And uh, what happened is the music business, I often told people that I didn't uh, go looking for the music business, although I knew that I was gifted, <laughs> you know, and what have you. But the music business kind of found found me, you know. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And do you remember when, when you first got a real huge reaction to your voice? Ever since I can remember. It's always been overwhelming people just, you know, and uh, has always been somewhat befuddled by the fact that I'm this little bitty, I, I, you know, I was, I only weighed maybe 100 pounds soaking wet, and this <laughs> such huge voice would come out of such a small body when I would do interviews. The first thing the, <clears throat> the, the guys would always ask me, you know, is that, uh, you know, how much do you weigh? Because they're just surprised <laughs> to see this little, <laughs> this little chick come in with all the, you know, this big, big voice. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I've always had it. It's, a, it's God-given. It's a gift, you know, and I recognize that, and I've been doing it all my life. Well, and did, did you have a very musical family, or were, were you kind of the, the odd man out in that respect? Odd man out, believe it or not. I mean, wow. you know, uh, the rest of my family, no one else sings. In fact, they sang so bad that I had one brother that <laughs> sang so bad that he wasn't even allowed to try. If he even tried to sing, you know, we would tell him that we was going to tell my mother, and because uh, it was pure torture, you know. And <laughs> but I'm the only one in Excellent. the family that sings. So it, it really is a real gift. It's yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it well, is. yes, it is. Very much so. How about how about when you were growing up? Did you grow up in a musical house? Was there, was there always music playing? Yes, yes. My mom, my mom was a gospel promoter. She promoted gospel music in the Pensacola and Alabama, in the Florida and Alabama area, and uh, yeah, music was always being played in a, in in our home. Yes, very much so. Excellent. Who were you inspired by? Who did you love? Oh, God, there were so many people. Let's see. Growing up, there was a gospel group called the Caravans, uh, Shirley Caesar in the Caravans. Love Sam Cooke. As a matter of fact, Sam, uh, when he was in the gospel arena with a, a group called the Solsters, they would come to town. My mom had them there, and he had sat at, my, at the dinner table, and we've shared dinner together. But uh, Sam and, oh, God, uh of course, Mavis, later on, Mavis Staples, and Aretha Franklin, and the list goes on. So many, many greats that, that uh, inspired me and that I admire. Excellent. And do you, do you remember when you started to get inter- interested in music beyond gospel, or were you always kind of? Uh, 
it was, I mean, it, I don't think, uh, Brandon, that it was a thing where, you know, interest, like I said, because the music business kind of found me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The opportunity just came, yeah. you know, like I said, I'm working at clubs when I'm 14 years old, you know, and uh, they got a permit for me where I was supposed to stay in the dressing room, you know, and only go out <laughs> and perform, but I was all over the club, you know, they had me all over the club, this cute little old girl, they bouncing around like, you know, that should have been home in bed, <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, the interest, I just never pursued music, you know. Like I said, it just the, the music industry found me. Yeah. Do you ever make it back to Alabama? Oh, yes, yes. I still have family there, and Excellent. ever so often I get back to Alabama, sweet home <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> you know, I, I, don't really, I don't really detect much of an accent, but, but uh, when you go back there, is it easy to kind of fall back into or... or um... You don't detect what kind of an accent. What are you looking for here, Brad? You get <laughs> well, you know, just, the, this just the, the classic southern accent, you know. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think I ever had the real southern, okay. southern, southern. <laughs> 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 uh, never had that, really. Uh. So t- tell me this. What was it like to be not only alive but sort of semi-famous in the 60s you know, it, it, I mean, we're talking about a decade in which everything changed, and and you know, really great strong music was one of the was one of the only things that you know kept this country from literally falling apart at the seams. What was it like being a part of that? Uh, the sixties, like it says. I mean, when we when JoJo and I uh, got together, and it was merely coincidental. What had happened is that... Uh, and when, when I, was that? Was that 60, that like was 67, 19, somewhere in there? 1968. Okay. 1968, uh, okay. Brandon. And what had happened, and once I came off the road with Benny King, I returned back home, and I started working with a local band called the Sextet. And uh, from this group, uh, James and Bobby Purify were the members of this particular group, and when they began recording and... Uh, became uh, became popular. I became the female vocalist for that particular band. And we would travel the circuit from Pensacola, Florida, to Columbus, Georgia, and in between. And uh, what happened was uh, JoJo lived in Columbus, Georgia, JoJo Benson, and uh, he had this manager uh, named Ed Mandel, and he came in one night and heard me sing, and he was totally blown away, so he invited his manager to come and hear me sing, and they approached me and talked about recording, and uh, thus we did. Uh, we went to uh, Jackson, Mississippi. It was the first place in this abandoned theater with, uh, I mean, trash and garbage up to your neck <laughs> in this theater, and uh, when we went to record, Brandon, we went to record as individual artists, but uh, the producer, Huey Moe, he had uh, written this song for a duet called, called Lover's Holiday, and he asked us to try it in the midst of uh, of the recording. And uh, JoJo and I had sang some together. He Sometimes he would come uh, to my gig and sit in on my set, or sometimes I would go and sit in with him on his set. But so we kind of all had sang together, and we, our voice really blended well together. So... You know, we did we did the duet together. We recorded the Lovers' Holiday, and that was sent to uh, SSS International out of Nashville, Tennessee, Shelby Singleton label at that particular time. Uh, so the duet stuff was sent as, as well as the individual recordings we had done. And uh, Shelby, the record company, made the decision to 
to release the the, the duet. And uh, overnight, Lover's Holiday is a <laughs> a hit record. I mean, you know, and here I am, this little seventeen year old go, little girl, and they're playing my record everywhere. But you know, Brent, I never really. I won't say that I didn't take it seriously, but I just never got caught up uh, in the hype of this of this industry, you know. And I think that's one of the reasons that I've been able to to maintain and stay in this industry for well over forty years. And it's because of the fact that I didn't get caught up in the hype, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, wherever I've been, and I've seen the ups and downs of the music industry, you know, Absolutely. and what have you. But I've been able to endure wherever I was at whatever time, simply because of the fact that I uh, of the fact that I, I I think that was what it was, rather that I didn't get uh, caught up, uh, you know, and allow people to put you on that pedestal and stuff. <laughs> you know, I just uh, took it as it came, subconsciously. You know, it wasn't something that I thought about, or uh, I absolutely. never played into the star role. You know. Uh, simply because of the fact that I've always been accessible. I love, I'm a lover of people, always have been, still is today. I've always been accessible. And uh, and for that reason, I mean, you know, I just didn't get that starstruck, you know, uh, ego mania uh, attitude, you know, and, I, yeah. and I'm very grateful for that because had I not, then when the lean days did come, then probably I would have, you know, succumbed to a lot of things that a lot of uh entertainers, you know, have to overcome, but I've always kept a level head uh, without even really thinking about it because I just never really got caught up in the, the hype and the, yeah. you know, the glamour and the fame and all that stuff. You know, talk about having a hit record. Did, did you even have any conception at that time of what a hit record really was? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> At 17 years old, I had no conception of who I was. I can't record what it is. <laughs> a little country girl. <laughs> you know, Absolutely not, sweetheart. In a way, though, I, I would think that could be a little dangerous, though, because you might think, you might think, well, it's going to be like this every time. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yes, right. I mean, you, you go in and record a song, and it's a hit every time. It's right. And that, and that in itself is another thing. You know, I've never really pushed for the push for the hit record, I was just there, uh, branded, and I was just there singing whatever they put before me to sing a lot of the stuff I didn't like, you know, personally, and uh, everyone that I didn't personally like uh, was a hit. <laughs> <laughs> so much so that uh, the president of the record company uh, of uh, SSS International will always find out which songs I didn't like, you know, and that would be the one that he would release as a single. <laughs> we had a trend going, and it worked. Uh, but but uh, I've never, I, like I said earlier, um, I don't know. I'm a very, I'm a very spiritual person, and I believe in spiritual guidance. And I, I just always felt like, you know, the Creator has always guided and orchestrated my footsteps, and, and also has had uh, His arm of protection, and, and not only, I mean, on my mind, and just kept me level-headed so that. When the lean days, as I said earlier, came or, you know, I didn't feel, I've never been a kind of artist that pushed, push, push for the hit record, you know. Yeah. 
I've got to have the hit record and so forth. Because if I had I succumbed to that, then, you know, then we may be talking, I don't even, you know, the story would be totally different today, I think. But uh, because of that, I've been able to maintain over the years, you know. Yeah. Whatever came, I adjusted to wherever I was at that particular time, musically and otherwise, you know. Were you able to hear yourself on the radio, and do you remember the first time you did? Yes, I do. Yep, I was in Columbus, Georgia, and uh, I think my attitude, if I can reflect back that far, was kind of like, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't sound bad. <laughs> it must have been a great thrill. It was, it was, it was. As you can possibly imagine, the 17-year-old girls hearing herself on the radio everywhere <laughs> you go, you know, they're playing it, playing it, playing uh-huh. it, playing it. Yeah, it was. It was quite a thrill. <laughs> Talk about going into a, a recording studio for the first time, especially if you have... If you have no conception of how records even get recorded, I mean, talk about the first the first experience of walking in there and and seeing all the microphones and everything. You know, talk about the. As I said earlier, uh, I fir- my first recording was recorded in Jackson, Mississippi, in an old abandoned theater that had trashed, you know, everywhere over in the corners. And uh, my first experience was that uh, uh, I, uh, in the midst of recording. I busted a Tweedle. My voice was so strong. <laughs> and we had to take maybe about four or five hours to do the repair on the Tweedles to resume the recording. But I didn't know. I just went in there and sang, I mean, like somebody crazy. And I didn't know that there was a technique uh, that goes along with, with the recording and so forth. But that was my first experience that I shall never forget. I busted a Tweedle. Oh, wow. Little, little 100 pound <laughs> busted a tweedle. <laughs> uh, and the producer loved it. He loved it. <laughs> Talk about your experiences. Uh, I assume that you and JoJo went on tour pretty extensively after. Oh, yes. Very much so. Uh, Talk about your experiences kind of touring the country and and getting to see different places up close, especially in such a volatile, uneasy time. Uh, just, I mean, uh, Brandon, fun, fun. And uh, I hated doing interviews, as I still do today, but because you were so charming, I couldn't resist. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, I was always fearful of doing interviews, you know, but once I hit that stage, I was in charge. You know, JoJo, mm-hmm. JoJo would kind of handle the interviews. I would answer, you know, whatever questions was asked of me, but I was very shy. But once I hit that stage, it was mine. I, you know, I took charge. And uh, performing, I mean, that was it. That was it. Just being able to perform and have people, you know, uh, enjoy what you're doing. I mean, that was just uh, the ultimate for me. It was the Absolutely. ultimate, and still is today. I love entertaining, not just singing, but entertaining. You know, and we were entertainers. You know, uh-huh. uh, never fed off the audience. Have always been pretty uh, quick with it, and uh, we would take things from. Uh, we would take uh, tidbits or what have you, or things that would happen. 
as we were on stage with the audience and we were incorporated in our show, but we never, well, when we, we rehearsed, we never rehearsed uh, the actual show. We would actually rehearse the songs, but our show really was formulated from reactions from the audience and just, uh, you know, being into one another on stage almost, you know, like we were uh, twins or something. I mean, you know, we just <laughs> connected. We just connected and uh that 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 was uh, just being on stage. I mean, that that that's my joy, and it still is today. Wow, performing, entertaining. <laughs> sure, you know it's uh, you know I, I would imagine that when you when you grow up as you did, kind of you know always musical, always singing. I would imagine that how could that not be true? You're right. Yeah. 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 So absolutely. How long how long were you and JoJo together? JoJo and I was together from 1968 to about 72. Okay. And, yeah, and we just kind of, you know, uh, even today we're still like brothers and sisters always, you know, and so forth. But we just kind of grew apart musically. You know, okay. I'm, I was kind of a, uh, somewhat of a perfectionist, you know, <laughs> when it came to music, you know. And Joe was, JoJo was a little bit lackadaisical, you know. Okay. He'd come in and, you know, and uh, but I was always... Excuse me. Always the perfectionist, even in the studio. I mean, I want to go over the song over and over and yeah. over again, you know, because I always feel that the best performance is still on the inside of me, you know. <laughs> and because of that, sometimes we would, you know, we would we would clash because of that, you know. But uh, we were together. Answer your question. We were together from 1968 to about 72. Okay. And what happened really is that. Uh, is that uh, at the end of our contract with SSS International, Atlantic Records picked us up and uh, had the honor and the pleasure of meeting Jerry Wexler and having dinner with him. And it was when we signed with Atlantic that Atlantic decided to uh, take me as a solo artist. Okay. Mm-hmm. And was that a source of tension between you, or, or was it a friendly split? I mean... Yeah, it was. It was friendly, you know, okay. uh, because JoJo also had the chance to do some individual recording as well, you know. Excellent. And we were still doing the, the duet thing, but uh, they was leaning more towards me and being a solo artist. Excellent. You, as you got more comfortable with with yourself in terms of who you were as an artist, did did you find that your perfectionism kind of increased with along with that, or or um, did you get more comfortable in the? St- I mean, I don't know. Talk about how. Talk about your your growing comfort level as an artist in, in during that time period, as you got more comfortable with who you were. Um, I mean, even today, as I said, because even today I'm still somewhat of a perfectionist. You know, um, as I said, I mean, I just still feel that the even when I can get the ovations after ovations and so <laughs> what have you, but still I'm feeling that it's the best performance is still inside of me and I have yeah. a problem even with that today you know enough already Peggy you know what do you want what do you, you know <laughs> and uh, and that's just the way I am it's just part of me you know yeah even in the studio I like I said I want to go over the song over and over let me try one more time one more time somebody has to stop me don't I'll still be in the studio <laughs> yeah. so you stepped away from music for a time in the late seventies, I, I believe, if, if I'm not mistaken, um, can you That's talk about correct. what precipitated that? Was it was it was there a change in music that you saw coming that you weren't comfortable with, or was it something else that kind of 
made you step away for a time? Well, just circumstances, you know. I I didn't make a conscious decision, you know, uh, to step away. The hits were no longer coming, and you know, and uh, as a and and at this particular time, JoJo and I was no longer doing anything together. It was strictly me, and so forth. You know, I had pretty much made up my mind, like I, uh, uh, Brandon, that uh, if I didn't make it in this business or whatever my endeavors were even if it was some something outside of the music industry, that uh, I want my legacy to be that uh, if I don't make it, that people will say, well, you know, that she could have made it if she had not done or she had done, whatever. I just didn't want my future to be dependent on what somebody else does or, does, you know, or didn't yeah. do. Yeah. And uh, so in the 70s, you know, I mean, as, this, as you well know, the music industry is like a yo-yo. It's up and down. <laughs> it's up and down, you know. And uh, I, I've never really been totally disconnected from I've always worked disconnected, but I wasn't recording. And there just came a time when I kind of kind of just kind of got fed up with the dog-eat-dog uh, atmosphere mm-hmm. of uh, the music industry. You know, having been with major labels and they take you and they record you and you're all excited and then promotion <laughs> don't come, they put you on the shelf. That's kind of what happened with us when I did go to Atlantic, you know, and so forth. But uh, I uh, didn't just kind of walk away. It's just that I wasn't uh, as involved and, like I said, had gotten a, a little bit disgusted with the music industry. So I would yeah. do jobs from here to there. I'd start doing some local things. I went back home because I wanted to try to decide which way I wanted to go as far as my career is concerned. And in Pensacola, and I worked there uh, in Pensacola at a local, local club at the Sheraton Inn there for about five years until one day it hit me. What are you doing? You know, you know, God <laughs> bless you with this talent and you, you're, you know, you it was not my intentions to do that. I just wanted to kind of sort out things. But anyway, and so uh, in the 70s, uh, well, the early 80s, I came to uh, to California to take care of a sick sister. I had a sister that was living out here. She was out here. I had no other family out here in California but herself. And uh, she became ill, and I came out to kind of take care of, take care of her. And in the midst of doing that, uh, I met this mortician, politician, oh, wow, <laughs> and got married. And That's an odd of, combo. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it? Is it real? <laughs> uh, I tell you, Brandon, never in a million years <laughs> had anyone told me that I was going to marry a mortician, I would told them that they were absolutely nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess is a prime example of the of the fact that I, you know, uh, whatever God's plan is or His will is for your life, I guess you know He'll prepare you for it. Because I told you He had to do a real preparation job on me for this one, you know, <laughs> to marry a mortician politician. <laughs> and so what I did is I kind of, you know, kind of stepped away from the music industry for a couple of years to. Uh, to learn my husband's, you know, to learn the funeral <laughs> business. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, what's, uh, what's the old saying? If you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
never heard that before. I've got to use that. I like that one, Brent. That's a new one. Well, me. be sure you write that one down. It's yeah. You I, have I my permission it. to. Thank you. Is it is, is it your patent? You haven't patented, have you? No, ma'am, I haven't. Oh, okay, okay, sweetheart. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I've got a caller on the line who wants to say hi to you, if you don't mind. Absolutely, I'd love to. <laughs> Area code 847. This is my buddy Rita, I think. Rita, are you on the line? Oh, yes, I am. Thank you. Hi, Rita. <laughs> Say hi Brandon, to Peggy. I mean, Brandon. Hi, Peggy. How are you? Um, I um I feel I want I'd like to tell you I I feel the spirit so strongly in you, Gloria. Oh, bless your heart. Thank you so much. Thank and you I so almost much, Rita. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I almost was going to ask if I was fortunate enough for Brandon to call upon me. Oh, I almost was going to impose upon you for prayer tonight. I lost my, um, I went across the street all this week. I was hacking. <laughs> I don't, I think part of the reason Brandon didn't call upon me yesterday, I think I was coughing the whole thing. <laughs> And I certainly hope you can't get my germs over the phone. <laughs> Please tell me that. Please I'm tell protected. me. I'm protected. We have um, the, the arms of protection around us, so you, don't you worry about that, Rita. Well, thank you. And I was almost going to ask you to pray that I find it, because if you if you skip an antibiotic, that's, they say that's very dangerous. Let me just be, remain optimistic. Claim it, believe it, and then receive it. But I feel his spirit so strong in you, Gloria. Bless your heart. I will pray. I will pray for you tonight. I will. I, I was. I definitely will pray for you tonight. And you hold on and be strong. And you're gonna be fine. You're gonna be fine. Like I said, just believe it, receive it, have faith, and you're gonna be okay. Absolutely. Thank you, and thank you, Brandon, for calling upon me. <laughs> You Thank you for calling, Rita. Okay? Are, are we plugging our dear friend Jenna that's supposed to be coming up this Saturday? <laughs> yes, uh, Rita's friend Jenna has a show coming up on Saturday. Um, okay. It's, it's, uh, go ahead and tell us the, the name of it and the, and the, and the phone number. It's, um, it's, well, I think she's going to use what your idea of Jenna's star world. Okay. Because you said Jenna's wrap-up and... She, um, it's 646-929-2544. Okay. And I think she's going to do it around the same time you do. I have to say 10 o'clock Central Time because I don't know Eastern Time and Pacific Time. Because you always skip Central you? Time. Where are you, Rita? I'm, I'm living here? in Evanston. I okay. live in the town that, um... Charlton Heston went to drama class. <laughs> I'm a big Charlton Heston fan. I hope you don't mind, Brandon. <laughs> Not at all. Because I heard you didn't like him very much. <laughs> no, Brandon, it wasn't me. It was like one of my guests. Heston? <laughs> no, oh, I'm my... glad it was one of your guests. <laughs> <laughs> yes. One of my former guests wasn't too crazy about Charlton Heston, so we had a little conversation about that. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Rita. I thank you for calling in tonight. Well, can I stay listening? Absolutely. I'll leave you on the line. Well, thanks for calling upon me, and Gloria, thanks for lifting me up. You'll be strong. Uh, it is 646-929-2544. Yes, I do have it. Okay. And I think she's using Jenna's Star World, the one that you suggested. 
Excellent. So just uh, go to blogtalkradio.com and type in Jenna Starworld, and the page should pop up, anybody who's listening, anybody who is interested in listening to Jenna on Saturday. Yeah, the 21st. It's around the same time you do it, like 10 o'clock Central. Okay, thanks, Rita. And thank you Stay again, Thank you, Rita. Rita. Thank you again. <laughs> You're more than welcome, sweetheart. <laughs> Yeah, Rita's a great friend of of several shows on this network, including mine. She's oh. she's an interesting lady. Oh, wonderful! I, she'll be okay. <laughs> Absolutely, we'll pray for her tonight. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's let's talk about your your amazing, incredible comeback in in the the mid nineties. Okay, dear. Um, you you had been out of the spotlight for quite a while by this time. Right. And uh, Jimmy Lewis finds you, I guess. Yes. Uh, as I said, I came to California in 1985 to take care of my sister, and uh, I was singing at a club, and Jimmy happened to be at uh, a local club here in, in the Los Angeles area, and uh, I didn't know him, or he didn't know me, but he was somewhat blown away with the talent, and uh, through a mutual friend, he was able to obtain my phone number, and he called me and uh, introduced himself and told me who he was and what he planned to do and that he was really blown away with my talent and so forth. And he was wondering if I would be interested in doing some studio work, you know, and uh, which I was. And this is prior to me meeting my husband. Uh, and uh, so what we did is we went in and we kind of did some demo things. Uh, and uh, Brandon, he kind of shopped it around to a couple of the record labels and what have you, and uh, nothing really materialized out of it at that particular time. And so uh, I went on with my life, and uh, maybe about, uh, about four years later, I heard from Jimmy again, and he called me, and he and Ray Charles was in Hawaii. And they were. He was in the midst of uh, co-producing Ray's new uh, album at the time, and they were going through songs, material for the album, and uh, they ran across the song that I had demoed for him back when I first came to California. And Ray was, uh, I mean, just totally blown away with the song as well as me as a singer. So they called me from Hawaii, and, and I talked to. To Ray, and he wanted to know if I would demo because he had an ob- uh, an obligation, to, uh, a commitment rather, uh, to do uh, a duet with uh, very very fine jazz singer Diane Shure. Okay. And uh, so he wanted to find out what my schedule would be like once they returned back to the states, and if I would be available to maybe to demo the song that they had chosen to do with Diane, and. Uh, when they returned, he did call me, and I went into the studio and and uh, and did the demo. And uh, I tell you, it has has to be one of the highlights of my career. An incredible, just an incredible artist, as well as a, just a beautiful human being. Uh, the late great uh, Ray Charles was, as, as I said, it's one of the highlights of my career. And had, anyway, had you known him previously, or, or no, had you... not at all. I knew wow. of him, but no, never had the opportunity to meet him or whatever. And wow. I, you can imagine how blown I, away I was that he would call and you know, absolutely. And I thought enough of my talent to just even you know, <laughs> even for a demo, you absolutely. know, for somebody absolutely. else. But I did go into the studio and I did the demo and. Before I could get home, there was a message on my machine. Once I got home, there was a message on my machine from Ray, and 
he was saying that uh, Peggy, this is Rem Ray, and you know I'm sitting here and I'm listening to, I'm listening to what we just did, baby, and 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 you know I was sitting here and I was wondering uh, if uh, you know this thing, maybe we should do this thing if you 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 give it some consideration. <laughs> uh, 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 this would be maybe Ray Charles and and Peggy and Peggy Scott, you know, yeah. I said, no, Ray, no way. I don't want to do anything. <laughs> How dare you ask a superstar like myself to do a duet with you on your upcoming CD? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> no, seriously, I tell you, it was uh, overwhelming, to say the least. And uh, so I, I wind up doing uh, a phone call, Back to Love, on his uh of the, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the CD. It escapes me right now. Sign of getting old. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, and uh, subsequently, it got. I guess it was really got good to Ray because he called me back, and I did another duet with him on his second, on another CD. Uh, and uh, like I said, it was the highlight of my career. Then after that, I didn't hear anything, Brandon, from Jimmy for a while. And uh, he called me one day, and it was at a time that I had just maybe a couple of weeks prior had spoken to my husband by this time I'm married, and I'd spoken to my husband and had shared the the fact that I was thinking about maybe, you know, doing some, going back into my music, uh, uh, pursuing my music career again, and maybe doing some things in Vegas or whatever, putting together a show and, and, uh, and start back doing uh, some traveling. And he was very supportive. And uh, like I said, and it was right at that time that I get a call from Timmy, which I had not heard from him in a couple of years, wow. and to inform me that he had started his own record label and uh, had a little distribution deal with a company out of uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, and he was wondering if I may, you know, wanted to to come in and do some things. So very nonchalantly, I says, you know what, uh, Jimmy? I said, yeah, let's give it a try. <laughs> you know, very nonchalantly. <laughs> wow. And Little uh, did you know. Oh, wow. I mean, you know, that's this business, that's the nature of this business, you know. I tell up-and-coming artists all the time when they ask me how do you make it in this business, and I tell them that it's, there's no set formula. I mean, you know, um uh, Unlike any other business, it's, I mean, when they say there's no business like show business, it's absolutely true. Yeah. I mean, if you seek, you know that, you know, if you are pursuing a medical career to be a doctor or a lawyer, you know, the prerequisites are already set as to what mm-hmm. you have to do to qualify yourself. Mm-hmm. But if you get ten entertainers in a room, you'll have probably ten different mm-hmm. stories of how they broke through in this <laughs> business, you know, and so forth. But anyway... Uh, we went into the you have to be good, but you have to be lucky. That's true. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you have to have uh, strong will, strong mm-hmm. will, because mm-hmm. this business will consume you, as I said <laughs> earlier, and eat you alive, you know, because of the ups and downs and the insecurity of it, you know, and what have you. But uh, anyway, of what happened is that, uh, so I went in, we went in the studio, he had these songs, we went back and did some of the old songs that I had done earlier when I first met him, he had some new great tunes and stuff, and uh, we went in the studio and uh, and began recording, and uh, we had pretty much finished the CD, uh, Brandon, when he, Jimmy was the one that was constantly writing, constantly, constantly, and he was just one uh, 
awesome, awesome writer, just an awesome uh, writer and, uh, and producer. And he, he came, he called me one evening, and he says he's all excited because he has this song he wants me to hear, you know. And so I go over the next evening, and he plays it for me, you know. And and uh, I'm listening, I'm sitting there, and I'm listening, and I'm waiting for your typical he dumped me for her uh-huh, uh-huh. scenario. And when he said, uh, the man I love loved another guy, I literally screamed, What? <laughs> What medications and drugs are you on? <laughs> I can't sing this. <laughs> and so I reluctantly, after thinking about it and listening to the tracks a couple of times and so forth, I reluctantly went into the studio and put a vocal down because my thinking at the time, Brandon, was that, okay, what harm is it going to do? Absolutely. It's not going to be played. You know, nobody's going to play this. <laughs> And uh, after going in and and putting down a vocal track and you know and trying to be have some sensitivity because I just didn't want to be a part of something that I thought would be offensive, yeah, or controversial, absolutely. You know, but like I said, my thinking was I finally uh, just said, well, hey, you know, they're not going to play it anyway, so what the heck? And but uh, <laughs> and how wrong I was. Whoops. But, and thus the. <laughs> The Bill syndrome, you know. Wow. Yeah, unbelievable. So, were you? Did you? So you didn't smell a hit at all. You um, absolutely not a hit. You, I didn't even <laughs> smell it being played. Wow. No idea that your life was about to change forever. Absolutely none whatsoever. <laughs> As a matter of fact, uh, I, when I was analyzing the whole uh, CD, you know, I thought it was a a great CD. You know, it was. Uh, a little dated, kind of throwback to the 60s, you know, and I didn't know if there was really a market, you know, uh, out there for this type of music. And uh, because I kind of had, uh, since I had not been in the music scene for a while, I wasn't kind of up on what was really going on as far as radio was concerned because yeah. I wasn't listening, you know, uh-huh. and what have you. And to be honest with you, I was a little bit, uh, and this is no uh, disparity uh, or whatever or no casting any judgments on any artist or whatever, but, you know, I just wasn't into what was happening musically, you know, uh, with the with the young artists, you know, and with the rap thing, you know, mm-hmm. I just, so as a consequence, I wasn't listening to the radio, so I didn't know, I wasn't abreast of what was going on in the industry and what have you, here again, like I said, I just decided, okay, well, let's give it a try, and I uh, didn't even know if it was a market uh, for this particular kind of music, mm-hmm. and uh, was later informed and find out that yeah, in the South, what they call southern southern R and B, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, that it was pretty prevalent in that area, you know. But I looked, for, I had no high expectations, random none whatsoever, you know. Uh, I was just getting back into the music, and yeah. little did never in a million years did we expect anything like the likes of. Uh, of the Help Yourself CD, unbelievable. Wow. We was totally unprepared for uh, what happened. I mean, Bill, call, uh, Bill was being played on every radio station <laughs> in the world. Hip-hop, I mean, it, 
it crossed all uh, all genres of music. I mean, country. They were playing it on the country station, hip hop station, gospel station. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. It absolutely unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable, sweetheart. The the next thing you know, they're talking about you on Oprah of all of all places. I mean, my God! I mean, Oprah is calling, <laughs> you know, and I'm at home and and I'm just relaxing, and my office is calling me and telling me that the Washington Post is on the line. They want an interview. I says uh, they want to talk about Bill. I says who? Bill Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable, and everybody, every major press media all across this world was calling to the point that I was beginning to get really sick of Bill because of the time <laughs> difference, and I was having to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning to talk about <laughs> to talk about Bill and whether it was, you know, my life story, where did it come from, why did I feel, you know, but uh, unbelievable, unbelievable, sweetie. Wow. And, uh, you know. Uh, some of the headlines were so hilarious. Uh, I Absolutely. Think it was, yeah, I think it was one of the New York the New York press says me being in the funeral business, and they the headlines was undertaking a comeback. <laughs> 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 and CNN Showbiz Today came out to uh, to my place of business, came to the funeral home, and did their interview. They just find it fascinating the two worlds, you know. This blues singer or R and B singer, and yet I'm singing Amazing Grace of Funerals, and then the next night I'm singing Bill. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you pulled off the rarest trick of all there because you know, in a in a day and age where everybody has seen everything and everybody has heard everything, and there's nothing original, you guys came up with something that was completely original. Nobody had ever done anything like that before. Not at all. You know, they kind of as far as homosexuality. Uh, it has, you know, I think there have been a couple of songs that's kind of squirted around the issue, but, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't, uh, you know, we were just blatantly open. I mean, absolutely. You, know. you guys took it head on. A- absolutely, you know, and uh, had I known, you know, that it was going to get the kind of uh, uh, cause the phenomenon that it did, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> but here again, like I said, I never thought in a million years I nobody would play it. I mean, Absolutely. you know, and uh, it just goes to show you, you know, I mean, this is just a fickle business. You never know. Absolutely. And what kind of response did you get from fans over oh, that song? Oh, overwhelming. Just, uh, I mean, uh, Brandon and I had people call me, the stories that I have heard uh, in my travels of uh, of uh, how the song related to them because, I mean, that's what made Jimmy such an awesome writer because what he did, he wrote about life. You know, mm-hmm. he was inspired. The song was inspired, as a matter of fact, uh, because uh, Jimmy had uh, had uh, seen an episode of Oprah where this guy, you know, was on the show and was telling about his bisexual life. You know, and uh, one of the stories that stand out the most out of so many uh, that I've heard as it relates to you know to Bill. Was I was in Chicago at the Cotton Club, and uh, I would always 
explain to people that this was not my particularly my life story. I had to straighten that out, you know, uh, because people <laughs> thought it was me. Not yeah, saying this that didn't I, happen I, to me. I just I'm just singing the song <laughs> exactly, and I would have a hard time in convincing people because I sang the song so convincingly. I'm told that I mean, even when I said it didn't, some people still didn't believe me. Says you know, how can you sing that song like that if something didn't happen? <laughs> and. Uh, uh, one of the touching stories, as I said, that really affected me, I was in Chicago, and after the performance, <laughs> there was a young lady, and she waited, I mean, it must have been an hour after the show to talk to me because she wanted to thank me for being bold enough uh, to, uh, although I had said that I was reluctant in singing it, but that I followed through because I was singing her life story. Wow. And, uh, yes, and she was telling me about the the fact that her husband had left her indeed for another man and that she had not been able to let go until she heard this song and the lyrics that says that uh, I don't feel ashamed and I don't take the blame, she says when she heard that, she was able to release it. And she just wanted to thank me for having the, the guts or, you know, to to be able to sing this song. And I also had a young man to call me. Uh, he was from New York, and uh, he called me and told me that uh, he was engaged, too, and, uh, but he was bisexual. And uh, but because of this, this, because of Bill, that he had made a vow that he was not going to go into this marriage. Wow, living a lie. He loved his fiance, you know, very much. But he was going to be honest and see what happens. And it was because of this song that he's able to do this. And the story goes on and on and on. So many that I've heard, you know. Mm-hmm. So. I guess it was meant to be, you know. Absolutely. Especially in the, you know, in the African American community, it wasn't something that, you know, that we talked about. We had a tendency to kind of sweep it under the rug, but especially I at thought, that time. Yes, but I mean, they were calling the church community was embracing the song, saying yes, it needs to be played. Uh, the uh, gay community was calling and saying, hey, yes, you know, because I mean, it was, it was the topic of every talk show and. Uh, just uh, a phenomenon it really was and I wow. I'm glad that I that I uh went ahead and uh and did the song. Absolutely. Did did you get any negative reaction from anybody? A few, of course, yeah. Some, but it was very minimum, very minimum compared to the positiveness that I that we received for the song. That's fantastic. Yes. And were you at all concerned at how do I want to say this? At being, I don't know, maybe maybe, maybe doing material like this, were you at all concerned about being a little typecast in the future? Exactly. Yes, very much so. You know. And how did, how did you kind of fight against that? Because, you know, I was able, simply because of the fact of the whole CD being so great, okay? This whole CD is the Help Yourself CD, which, we you know, we were nominated for a Grammy. Mm-hmm. Four, and was number one on the Billboard charts for uh, over four months. Absolutely. Number one blues album in the country. The whole CD, and I'm going back with CD and albums. Excuse me, I'm living the '90s and, and I'm at the you know and the '60s, and I'm combining, so I'm saying <laughs> album, CD, whatever you. <laughs> but uh, anyway, because the whole CD was so strong, and so there were so many other great songs. I mean that uh that really was I feel personally and uh 
some of the radio personalities across the country, I mean, you know, uh, felt the same way. I tell you, Brandon, when I would do a concert, and if I left off one song that was on that particular <laughs> CD, I didn't sing somebody's song, you know. <laughs> that's just how strong the, the CD was. And uh-huh. because of that, I think that's why I didn't get typecast, you know, uh, with that and was Absolutely. able to subsequently every CD that I did after that. Uh, they tried Billboard. I mean, you know, Billboard. We uh, came back and uh, and uh, did seven other. I did seven other uh, projects with Jimmy before he passed in 2004, and every one was a was a charted CD. Wow. And was he the main songwriter, or did he pull songs from other people? No, he was it. It was every song from 1997. He wrote every song that I ever recorded. That's incredible. Yes, it is. Unbelievable. Wow. He was just a phenomenal songwriter. He's done things for Rita Coolidge in the past, and uh, of course Ray Charles, uh, the late Johnny Taylor, uh, ZZ Hill, a lot of the blues artists, and uh, and it's some country artist he he has written for. Fantastic. And uh, was he a singer in the past, or was he solely a behind the scenes guy throughout his career? Yeah, he 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 was an artist back in the okay. the sixties. He wasn't a very well known artist, yeah. you know, and so forth. But uh, he did he did some singing. In fact, we did some singing on my CDs. You know, we did a couple of duets together. You know, yeah. Excellent, yeah. excellent. Yeah. So songs like talk about songs like Cleaning House or You Her and His. Those those were two of my favorites from Help Yourself, besides Bill. Yeah. Uh, what about them? I'm sorry. I, I I I don't know. Do you have any particular favorites? Do I personally have a particular yeah. favorite? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. I'll take care of you is absolutely my favorite song. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. I take I'll take care of you, which Ray also did on his album, yeah, as well. And uh, but uh, yeah, it was my personal favorite even before. But then there's a connection uh, uh, where the song will always be a part of me in 1997, Brandon. Uh, I lost my dear and, and best friend, and that was my mother. And uh, I had to perform on, uh, I was in Little Rock, Arkansas at the time that she passed, and got the news at like 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, and I had to perform, and uh, two, uh, had a matinee performance and a night performance in Birmingham, Alabama, and Montgomery, Alabama. And... Uh, just didn't think, I mean, you know, had canceled the concert and didn't think I could do it. And uh, in the midst of me returning back to L.A. to take care of my mom, uh, her spirit just spoke to me. And and being a devout believer and, you know, being raised, uh, reared up in the church and my mom, like I said, was my best friend, uh, her spirit just spoke to me and let me know that, you know, it was okay and that she was okay and, and that not to disappoint the people that was waiting to hear me sing, because at this time, I mean, the, the city was so hot. I was, you know, and uh, so in the midst of going to the airport, I had the promoter. We had a problem with the flight, so we had to go to another city to get another flight. And uh, my brother was to meet me in Atlanta and then bring me back home uh, so that I could take care of my mom. But like I said, in the transition from Little Rock to Shreveport, uh, my mom's spirit spoke to me. So by the time I got to Shreveport, sweetheart, 
I had uh, my assistant call the promoters and tell them that I was going to come. But I didn't know what kind of shape <laughs> I would be in, but I was coming. <laughs> Excuse me. And uh, and I did, Brandon, and I went. And at the evening performance, there was over 20,000 people there. Oh, wow. At a park there. And uh, I had made up my mind that, and had prayed and asked the Lord to kind of just uh, remove you know, remove it from my mind. I needed, you know, mm-hmm. just take it away. And because I just couldn't see how I could perform these songs, you know, knowing that I just lost my mom. And so I prayed and asked him to just block it for me so that I could do the performance. And in the midst of going out and performing for, like I said, about 20,000 people, mm-hmm. instead of blocking it out, when I did, I t- I'll take care of you. I shared what I was going through. And Absolutely. I tell you the strength and the love and the support that I got for those people helped me to make it through a very trying time in my Absolutely. life. Absolutely. Know? Yeah, so that song shall always be one of my, it was my favorite and it shall forever be one of my favorites because of the, the significance as it relates to my mom. That's that's terrific. You know, I think what what's great about you is, you know, so many artists kind of find one thing that works for them and they kind of sing that kind of song over and over and over again. Uh-huh. And I, I think what's great about you is you, your albums always had serious songs like I'll Take Care of You and Bill, but you also had, you know, just fun songs like Cleaning House and Sweaty Men, which I love. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you kind of had something for everybody. You kind of mixed it up, and you well, weren't afraid I, to. I give, I give all the credit to Jimmy, you know, and, yeah. uh, you know, as a writer, because like I said, he just wrote about everything that's about everyday life that somebody, I mean, you know, that people can relate to. <laughs> and I sang that as if it was my own personal, you know, testimony or my own personal stories, <laughs> you know. And uh, as I did with Bill, you know, and it sounds so convincingly, you know, you, his, and hers, you know. Uh, and like cleaning house, you know, I wouldn't have the nerve to tell I'm cleaning house. I'm throwing out this dirty man. I'm gonna keep him around. That's not me. <laughs> uh, I remember one time that my husband used to tell me, he says, he says, Peggy, you know, you're gonna get a lot of women in trouble. <laughs> singing these songs, okay, and they think that you, because you sound so, so convincingly, you know, and they think uh-huh. that you really, you know, that this is your life, you know, and so I'm going to be like Peggy. I'm going to tell him I'm throwing out this dirty man, you know. But, you know, I mean, fun songs like that, you know, in in when times are tough like they are these days, my God, I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things that's kind of essential in this world is, you know, good, fun music. Absolutely, I totally agree. You got to mix it up, uh, Brandon. You got to be—I mean, laughter and humor is so so vital to me. It's therapeutic for me. You know, I've often been told if I don't want to sing anymore, that I might try my hand at comedy. Uh, I, I said, at my age, that is a joke. <laughs> it, it would be comedy. <laughs> But uh, you're absolutely right, and uh, and I miss Jimmy uh, so much, and uh, you know having him write for me, and now I have uh, formed my own record label. Absolutely, and, let's uh, talk about that. You know, you've you've kind of made a decision to return to your gospel roots a little bit. Yeah, um, well, yes, I, I did. Uh, totally divine intervention here, orchestration or whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, Brandon. I was. Uh, I'm at a place in my life, sweetheart, where 
I was trying to figure out, you know, in the next five years how I can retire and, you know, and go back and, I mean, go and sit and kick back and just enjoy the rest of what life I have left, you know, and taking it easy. And I had this vision. Uh, the Lord gave me this vision to start this record label, you know, and reluctantly here again, I always do things, you know, I second guess and I said, I mean, record label or, you know, I for 40 years, I've, over 40 years I've been in this business, but I've only been an artist, sweetheart. I've only been an artist, you know. Everybody else did all the work. I just went in and sang <laughs> and so forth. And so I had no experience. Uh, as far as, you know, forming a record label and not only Absolutely. that financially. Where's, I mean, we're talking about, you know, where's all of this money going to come Absolutely. <laughs> come from? But uh, I had this vision and uh, the uh, and I was obedient to what I felt like the creator had, uh, had spoken to my spirit and uh, to do. And uh, the result has been to me to form a record label, which I did name after my mother, and uh, to have this new gospel project called Back to the Roots, because and I named that uh, named it Back to the Roots because that's where I came from. That's gospel. where you started, yeah. Exactly. And Brandon, I said this without any hesitation. I have been truly blessed to have had some great projects over my forty plus years career. Oh sure. But I tell you, I have never been any prouder of any project that I've done as I am of this particular project. It's absolutely the best project I have ever done. Wow. And uh, I and, have to get it to you immediately. Absolutely. Where can we get Can we buy this in stores? Can we get it online? Where can, You'll be where able can we to get, get it. Uh, if we're going to be uh, releasing it in May, and I've just been blessed to sign with Universal Record. They're going to be the distribution company for, for my label, which Fantastic. is a blessing. I mean, you know, especially uh, in the times that we're living, especially Absolutely. in the industry, when they're dropping major artists every day. I just feel so blessed that they called me and were so excited about this project and being a part of this project. So we're scheduling the release, the official release day, uh, date in May, and you'll be able to uh, to go online and be able to purchase it as well. And let me just give, uh, give my uh, my website address Please if do. I may. And uh, that's Diva, D-I-B-A, Diva Authentic. Diva. <laughs> <laughs> The real deal. You bet. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> no, it's diva Peggy Scott Adams dot com. And I love And that's all audience. one word. Yes. Diva Peggy Scott Adams dot com. And uh you can go to the website and check out the new uh the uh the new album and uh learn all, all you need to know about me. You know? Fantastic. Yes. And are they are these classic gospel songs or are these originals? What what, yes, what kind yes. of is there a mix or what what yes. what kind of material is on this album? You know what, uh, uh, Brandon, it's all new. It's, the material is all new. Wow. But, uh, I was told by the president of uh, the uh, gospel uh, division of Universal Record that they're so excited about this project that with this material and listening to it, uh, I was told by. The young lady that it seemed like I have uh, have charted a road between gospel and urban, and that it 
I, I, that the project is so unique because it's, here again, as you described earlier when you said that, you know, the uniqueness of Bill because at the time nobody mm-hmm. else was doing or whatever, mm-hmm. and I think that also has had a lot to do with the success uh, of the Help Yourself CD. And here again, it's so different from your typical traditional gospel, African-American or black gospel uh, uh, CD, you know, it mm-hmm. can go urban, you know, very inspiring, very, very inspiring. Young man by the name of Gerald Hatton, he's the brother of a great gospel artist named Dietrich Hatton, and uh, he uh, co-produced this with me and co-wrote it with me. And uh, as I said earlier, I, I am just so proud of, of this of this project. I really, really am. That's really that's really great, and it's a great idea too, because you know when you say to the kids today, you say the word gospel, and they had just immediately groan. But, but I would imagine if you could put a beat to it and make it kind of like a hip hop song. Exactly. That's the way to get them. Ex- exactly. Wow. Exactly. You're absolutely right. So, you know, do you I, at some if, point? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, I was just about to say. You know, I just did an interview a couple of weeks ago where I was asked if uh, this means. You know, with the gospel, with the new gospel project, does this mean that I won't be doing secular music anymore? And I let them know that, you know, no, it doesn't mean that. You know, uh, I'm a, I'm a true believer in the fact that uh, it's not what you sing that defines your relationship with your Creator, but rather it's how you live. You Absolutely. Know? And uh, me singing Bill is not going to send me to Haiti no more than me singing Amazing Grace is going to send me to heaven. So I don't have any hang-ups with that, you know, it's about how you live your life, you know, and so forth. So uh, for those, all of my big blues fans out there, and it doesn't mean that I won't be doing, you know, uh, any other song. I'm just going to just continually be, continuously be uh, uh, led by, you know, by, by the of, By the higher power. Yeah. There you go. Exactly, sweet. So, at some point, do you want to do a traditional gospel album? Maybe, yeah. Sometimes, uh, some, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I would like to. I like to go back and really, not only just traditional. I like to go back and pull some of the old, 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 mm-hmm. really old gospel uh, uh, traditional songs and uh, wow. and uh, do some uh, some remakes. You know. Absolutely. Do you have a favorite? Do I have a favorite? God, wow, that's a great question. I have so many favorites. Uh, you would ask me that, and uh, <laughs> and I just can't pick a a particular one because I have wow. so many. Yeah, I have so many. So many. I was always kind of partial to how great thou art. So. Oh yeah. Great. Yeah, that's a great one. Yes. Yes. So, absolutely. Tell me this. You have lived through. So many massive changes in the music business. I mean, as you said when when I got on the phone before the show with you, you know, you started in the eight track days. Yes. So you've lived through vinyl, you've lived through cassettes, you've lived through CDs, mm-hmm. and now with the whole digital revolution, uh, this whole this, this whole digital revolution has completely changed the way we consume music. Exactly. And I'm wondering if it's at all changed the way you and your contemporaries make music. Uh, no, it hasn't because I'm still in the eight track era. (laughs) 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 
I'm trying to catch up, Brandon. I'm trying to get there. Be patient with me. I will get to the 21st century. I'm on my way, okay? Uh, I do know now. I mean, a few weeks ago I knew how to spell computer. Now I do know how to turn it on and get... Yes, and I want to tell everybody that you and I have radio. you and I have communicated by email several times, and it's been yes. fabulous. So okay, yeah. all right, did I do okay? Absolutely, you did fantastic. <laughs> Be patient with me; he's not through with me yet. I'm on my way. I'm on my way, sweetheart. I'll get there. I'm a quick learner, but <laughs> yeah, I tell you, music. I mean, the, the uh, evolution of, of the music industry is is really. Uh, it's amazing, you know. Uh, and and you've lived through all of it. I mean, it's, yes, I have. It's yes, quite have. amazing that you you were at the very beginning and you've lived through all of these massive changes. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's pretty incredible. Yes, I've seen uh, the disco era and you know, <laughs> <laughs> and then the hip hop. You bet. And on and on and on and to whatever they're calling it today. What is it today? Oh Lord, there's there's rap, there's hip hop, there's uh, uh, heavy metal. There's all kinds of because you know what uh, that uh, I'm well, you know, somewhat been delabeled, and I hate people that uh, mm-hmm. you know when I'm I'm labeled and put in a box, you know. Mm-hmm. But I accept it because you know uh, it's okay. I know who I am. But uh, what we call R and B back in the '60s is now classified as blues. You know, I'm categorized uh-huh. as a blues singer, and I'm really not a blues singer. You know, uh-huh. when I look at blues singers and I think of blues singers, authentically, I'm thinking of B.B. King, Bobby Blue Bland, you know, uh-huh. and uh, these type of singers, you know. Sam Cooke. Uh, Sam Cooke, you know. I'm trying to think of some of the female blues. But like I said, what we're doing now as blues singers was considered in the 60s as R&B, you know. So I've seen that evolve and the change as far as that is concerned, you know. Plus just the way just the way we receive music and the way we consume it has changed radically in the last 50 years. I mean, several times over. Absolutely. Yeah. A- a- absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Who, who do you listen to these days? Who turns you on kind of musically? I like Fantasia. I like Excellent. the singers. I like the real singers. Excellent. I love Jennifer Hudson. She is a new act, you know. Fantastic. Uh, 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 let's see who else. So I mean, there's love Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like singers, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alicia Keys, I like. Mm. Uh, Boy, and she's gonna she's gonna be around for the next fifty years if she wants to be. Who, Alicia? Yeah, she can do it all. She can write, she can produce, she can yeah, sing. I mean, she is say, she's very she's multi-talented. She is very, totally in charge of her career. Absolutely. And that's the one thing I can say that I that I admire about the young artists uh, Brandon is that they're more business oriented now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. back in in our days, like I said, uh, I've been in this business for 40 plus years, but 
and to know that I've been in it that long, and then once I was uh, took it upon myself to to do this record label and saying, hey, you know, all of these years and I never took time from the business end of it, you know, I receive my royalties, I go to sing and do the personal appearance, but the young people now, they're doing their own production, they're doing their own writing, and they're learning the business end of it, and I'm glad to see that, you know, it's because for so many years, artists have been taken advantage of, you, bet, you know, you bet. just call it like it is, you know, the record company, the lack of knowledge, you know, we mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so we've been taken advantage of, but it's it's very inspiring to see the young people handling business. You know that they're Absolutely. taking care of their business and they get paid. <laughs> <laughs> paid and paid damn they well. Have, they don't have to holler like me, a little Richard. I didn't get my money. <laughs> Where is my money? <laughs> Who is a dear friend of mine? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he he's still the best. He is still the best. Uh, yes, he's wonderful. You will be a very dear friend. <laughs> so, tell me what's on the horizon for Peggy Scott Adams. We've got a new album in May. Are you gonna Are you gonna tour at all? Are you gonna? Yes, yes, I am. I'm going to promote uh, the new CD and the ultimate goal in in, in formulating it in, in uh, this uh, record, new record label, uh, Brandon. Really, is the ultimate goal is to be able to be a vehicle by why by which young artists, you know what I'm saying, young artists can uh, that's really uh, serious about. Uh, 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 about their their careers and and what have you, mm-hmm. uh, that's what I'm ultimately hoping to do is to be able to sign young artists. I'm still looking forward to in five years maybe sitting back and relaxing. Although I love okay. to, love performing and you know, but uh, it does get old. I get old, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to uh, just kind of kicking back and. Uh, and kind of doing a lot of things behind the scene, but that's my ultimate goal is to be able to sign young, talented uh, artists uh, to the label. That's really serious about about this thing we call music. That's fantastic. Just to just to kind of pass on the legacy. Yes, absolutely. 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 Well, I tell you what, absolutely. I have a feeling that I have no problem passing it. I... <laughs> well, I tell you what, I have a feeling that God's not done with your voice yet, so. Well, I, I know that there's still yet some things that I have to do uh, as far as and that's a purpose for me doing this this uh, gospel CD. There was a purpose. There's a purpose, and uh, and I'm okay. looking forward to it. I'm very, I'm being very honest with you. I'm very excited uh, about this project because I feel, although I'm looking forward to retirement, I still feel that the best. I have not seen the best of Peggy Scott Adams yet, and Absolutely. I think it's going to come in the form of this new CD and this new company. Absolutely. Well, let's tell everybody one more time. It's Diva Peggy Scott Adams, all one word. Yes. com. It's a gorgeous new website that's up. Thank and you. we've got a, a gospel CD coming in May called Back to the Roots. Exactly. And and it's going to be at Amazon, I suppose. It's going to be at... Absolutely. At, and all my other music, iTunes or whatever, you can always get all of my old... Uh, everything that I've done is... Uh, iTunes has it, um, Amazon, Walmart, everybody has it except me. I don't even know if I have a CD of myself. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, the music is available online. That's fantastic. And and in stores also, correct? Absolutely. Fantastic. Yes. Well, I'll tell you what, I've kept you a little longer than an hour. I was was having so much fun talking to you. (laughs) Really? It's been an hour and 17 minutes that we've been talking, absolutely. (laughs) 
Oh my goodness! I didn't realize that, and I'm having so much fun. I know. I tell you what, you you, you are so much fun. You are so fantastic, and I tell you what, you are welcome here anytime to talk about anything you wish, anytime you wish. Brandon, thank you so much. Thank you for being a fan, and thank you for inviting me. And uh, truly, I have I've had a wonderful time. And you must stay in touch, okay? I certainly will. Okay. Before I let you go, could I get you to do one favor for me? Hey, absolutely. You got a kid. Could I get you to make a promo for my show? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You can say anything you like as long as Uh-oh, it includes no, the words. You don't want me to do that. <laughs> yes, I do. You better give me a script. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it includes the words Peggy Scott Adams and Brandon's Buzz, it, okay. the rest is totally up to you. Uh, uh, okay. And I'm recording anytime you're ready, so right. whenever you're ready, shoot. Hi, this is Peggy Scott Adams, and guess what? I am buzzing with my man, Brandon on Brandon Buzz. Thank you so, so much. Well, is I that, tell you what, you are, is that okay? That's absolutely fantastic. Okay, sweetheart. You are so, so terrific, and I, I thank you so much for being on my show. Okay, sweetie, we let's keep in touch, and when I'm in Austin, I, I, I'm sure I'll be there soon or whatever. I'm going to make sure. And I'm going to... Uh, you, you better look did, me up. Did you send me uh, all of your information? I want to send you a copy of the new CD. I certainly will. I certainly I will. I want to send you an actual physical copy, okay? I'm going to send Fantastic. you a promo package, okay? Fantastic. Okay, sweetheart. It's Thank you a, so, so much. Been a gas. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Peggy Scott Adams, everybody, the fabulous Peggy Scott Adams. She will be back on this show. I think she's so fantastic, uh, and I loved having her. What a great guest. Uh, terrific stuff. DivaPeggyScottAdams.com is the name of the website. Uh, it's all one word, so go check it out. You can look at past CDs. You can get past CDs there. And she's got a new gospel CD coming in May called Back to the Roots, which I'm getting a copy of. She just told me. Um, it's great. Uh, it's so much fun. I, I thank her so much for being on this show. Great stuff. Uh, so let's see what we got here. Next Tuesday afternoon, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, with Emmy-winning Young and the Restless star Beth Maitland. Uh, and as I said, I'm trying to get Nia Peoples for next week, so stay tuned for that. You can check me out at www.blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz. That's this show's website. And you can see all the old shows, and you can also see who's coming up. There's a calendar up. You can email me, you can leave comments, and I encourage you to do so because the people at Blog Talk Radio really look at that stuff, and they really pay attention to it. So it's, it's quite important. So if you like the show, please stop by and make a comment, uh, and I would, I would very much appreciate that. Also, you can go to my blog, brandonsbuzz.com. There is a complete radio archive up. You can click the radio tab at the top of the page, and you can listen to all the old shows, and you can see all the old banners that my friend Joanne made and makes for the show and you can also stick around and read the blog. It's great fun. Uh, you can also download the show at iTunes. I'm on iTunes, guys, right alongside Peggy Scott Adams and Aubra Moore. There's me. You type in Brandon's Buzz in the search box. My podcasts pop up, and you can listen. You can, you can listen. You can listen. You can subscribe to the podcasts and have them automatically delivered to your iTunes, or you can download individual episodes. So there's no excuse not to find me because I'm all over the Internet. Um, so it's, 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 there's great stuff coming up. I've got Nia Peoples coming up. I've got Claire Massey from Tammy Show coming up. I've got a fantastic uh, Austin singer-songwriter named Anna Eggy coming up. So it's, it, there's all kinds of great stuff. And as I said, there's no excuse not to find it because I'm all over the Internet. Brandon'sBuzz.com, iTunes, 
and blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz. So, Peggy Scott Adams in the can. I'm signing off. It's Thursday, February 19th, 2009. We just had a great show, and I'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much.